10, 4, and 5, say, oh no, is she going to, is this a broken record? You know? Yes, it is. It's this word. If we get a hold of this word and we become doers of this word, we will have our lives change permanently when we understand what this is saying to us and how we are to abide in this, operate in this, and work the works of God through this, through this scripture. And so, I'm going to go, for the weapons of our warfare are not physical, weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. They are mighty before God for the overthrow and the destruction of strongholds. Inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we lead every thought and purpose captive into the obedience of Christ the Messiah, the Anointed One. Being in readiness to punish every insubordinate for his disobedience when your own submission and obedience as a church are fully secured and completed. I'm going to read this in the King James Version. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Verse 4, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now I'm going to share a little bit here that the Lord just spoke to me in verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. A carnal Christian will have a hard time operating in verse 5 because they've already have their thought life in places that it shouldn't be. And I shared a little bit on Job's wife this morning, how she, they, the angel came and got them, literally had to drag them out of there, told them, get out. God was ready to destroy this whole, these towns, get out of there. And yet she loved it so much that she turned and what the Bible says, she desired it. She longed for that place and she turned into a pillar of salt. I would hate to turn into a pillar of salt, wouldn't you? Because you long for the sinful life and the sinful ways. The Bible talks about Job's soul being vexed. His soul was vexed because of the, the people that he hung around with. That's horrible. The people and the times and the situations that he was living in. We need to be very careful that we do not allow our soul, our mind, will, and emotions to become vexed. You can tell on a person's face. They just have this look of hopelessness. There's no joy. When a Christian is vexed, there's no joy. And so um, I brought up Isaiah 55, 7 the other night. We can't win the victory as long as the problem is the biggest thing in your life. You cannot win the victory if the problem is continually in 
your thought life. This problem is bigger than God. I hate to say that, but when we dwell on a problem so long that everything seems to be impossible, then that thing has become a stronghold in your life. When we think on a problem morning and night, you know, you begin thinking on it in the morning and you're still thinking in at night, you are thinking more on the problem than the promise of God. Think of that. So if you find yourself during the day thinking on something, a circumstance or a situation or a problem, and not having dealt with it, not bringing that thought captive, taking that thought captive and casting it down, then that problem is bigger in your life than the Word of God. And that's not the way that God has planned for His children to live. And it's holding them back. It is literally holding them back. Give it up. God is greater. He never fails us. Never. Unless we turn and walk away from Him. And still He's talking and, and trying to pull you back to His Word. So... We need to ask ourselves, do I think more on the problem or the promises? Matthew 6, 24 and 25. Things are about to take place in this world. You say, well, I've heard that for a long time. Well, it's getting hotter and it's heating up even more. We just don't realize what's going on in the spirit realm unless you've really tapped in to the Holy Ghost and he's revealing to you what's going on and he will. He'll let you know everything you need to know and he will, he will ask and require of you to do the things that he desires for you to do on this earth. He's already set it up that way. He always, already has spoken over each one of you and the plans and purposes that he has for you. And we don't have to wonder. Sometimes we have to be still well, all the time, and know that he is God in the situation. Yes. It's when we try to run ahead of him and try to do things our way instead of his way that we get in trouble. Amen? So Matthew 6, 24 and 25. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will stand by and be, voted, be devoted to one and despise and be against the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, deceitful riches, money, possessions, or whatever is trusted in. Therefore, I tell you, stop being perpetually uneasy, anxious, and worried about your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink or about your body, what you should put on, it's not, is it not, wait a minute, is not life greater in quality than food and the body far above and more excellent than clothing? And he goes on in 26 to say, look at the birds of the air. They never sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly father keeps feeding them and are you not much 
worth much more than they are. And he says, and who of you, by worrying and being anxious, can add one unit of measure cubit to his stature or to the span of his life? So let's look at this in the King James Version, Matthew 24 and 25. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. Take no thought for your life what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on is not the life more than meat, the body than raiment. And so we understand here that there are two masters in the world and we're going to serve one or the other. You might serve God 80% there might be this 20% that has afflicted you or you've yielded over to that you need to deal with and get rid of and allow yourself to be set free. Amen? So that's why Isaiah 55 tells us to forsake our ways. We're told to forsake our ways. You know, there might be, you know, fear really Fear is actually the background or the, the root that tries to come in and disturb and destroy people's lives. You know, it's a total opposite of faith. Unbelief is right in there with fear. Those two line up together. And if the enemy can get a person to fear, then he will get them to literally back off from the word of God. You know, I told, we've told you before about a neighbor we had that was a Christian, but she would never, ever rebuke the enemy. She said, no, 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 God, God said that, that he has to rebuke the enemy. That's not what my Bible says. My Bible says that God has given us dominion over darkness and the evils and the cares of this world. But we're going to have to institute that and work on that and use what God has given us and it's all in his word. Amen. So 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, cast our thoughts. Let's turn there again. I'm going to probably go back and forth to this. If there's one, <clears throat> if there's one scripture that God gave me and that I've learned through the years and that I study everything that I can on this scripture because I know if we don't operate in this, then we will find ourselves missing the mark in many areas and believing a lie. So let's look at it again. Casting down imaginations, in other words, throw them down, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So we need to know the word. We have to be word people. We need to know and understand. We need to know God, that he loves us, cares for us, and he has us in his hands. Okay, even though it might not look, at, look like it for a minute, we have to go far beyond the circumstance and situation and claim the word of God. Because God's word is greater. 
He sent his word and healed you and delivered you from all, all distresses. All distresses. Let's keep your hand where you are and let's turn to Psalms 107. I'll tell you, this scripture has probably helped me. Um, it's one of, the, one of the ones that I stand on and, and won't back off of because it's the truth and it works. And he works. God always works. He is waiting for his children to operate in faith because he's given us the measure of faith to build upon. Psalms 107, 19, and 20. Then they cry to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivers them out of their distresses. He sent forth his word and heals them and rescues them from the pit of destruction. So he delivers us out of our distresses. He sent forth his word and he heals us and rescues us from the pit of destruction. Or the King James, they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Hallelujah. Thank God. This is something that you need to meditate on. Know when the enemy comes knocking at your door, tell him. I have overcome you by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. And this is my testimony and start quoting scripture to him. You need to be ready and prepared to quote scripture every day, every moment of the day, no matter what comes. Amen. So we need to cast our thoughts back to 2 Corinthians 10, 5. We need to cast our thoughts that challenge the word. So every thought that challenges the word of God, that's how the devil got Eve. He came to her and, and began to say, did God say? Did God say? Well, what she had was the word that her husband had given her. But the thing is, she could have at any time talked to God herself because he came down every day and talked to them in the garden. And so he was, you know, he was speaking the word to them. He know he, he, you know, he was sharing about them. She could have gone to, to God and said, you know, I, am, I have this beast of the field that's coming in and harassing me. Is this true or not? Because what she heard from was Adam, her husband. But she, the thing is this, a preacher can preach, but you've got to know that you know that you know that the word, what they're saying is the truth. Because anybody can pick anything out of scripture and get it to say what you'd like it to say. You could throw 20 scriptures together and get it to finally say what you want it to say. Just go to Ecclesiastics for a while and hang out there when Solomon, you know, that's at the point when Solomon had decided to go off with all these women and wives and concubines. Of course, he's going to be all messed up. So, I mean, you, there are places you can go in the Bible and take stuff out of con to contents and get it to say what you want. We need to... When you read the scripture, you just don't take one scripture out of context. You read above it and underneath it to see what the context is of the word that he's, being, that he's speaking about. Amen? So, cast our thoughts that challenge the word. Well, if you don't know what the word of God says, then how are you going to know if that's challenging the word? Amen? 
excuse me, freedom how? How do we get freedom from all this? You know, how do we get to this place? Number one, do you want deliverance from these thoughts? You know, or have they become your friends? I'm gonna, I'm gonna use something that we're pretty much all adults here and we understand it, pornography. A lot of people get hooked into pornography and they have to come to the point or they have to ask themselves, do I really want to be free from this? Because let's, let's face it, when a person gets so hooked into pornography, their flesh enjoys it. It craves for this and they have to want to be delivered. And I've shared with you before about the woman that we got called out at three in the morning and one of the ladies of our church tried to get her sister set free and she called and said, I can't do anything. She's growling in our bathroom and she's locked in there. Will you please come? And I, I kind of pushed past her and said, we need to go. And I told him what it was about and he said, oh no. And he looked at his watch and or the clock and went, oh, brother. Well, got her out, bound that thing, and got her set free from the thing. And she honestly looked at me and said, I want them. I want them back. And I said, you're sure. You are totally free here now. And you know it, yes. But I want them back. There was nothing I could do. Let her, you know. She got ten, seven times worse. So a person has to want to be free from things. They have to desire to be free from things. When we see that something does not line up with the word of God and our, our soul and our flesh is so involved in it, we have to get to grips with this thing. Do I want to be free from this thing? Am I, am I tired? Do I realize that this thing can take me to hell? that this thing is separating me from God. And so that's number one. Do you, do we want, or do you want deliverance from these thoughts? Then quit serving them. It's up to you, quit serving them. You know, I've, ta I've counseled many, many people, people that wanna be free, people that wanna hang on to some people, some things, people that become totally free but the person has to want it. God definitely wants it. He paid the price for it, but the person has to want it. And when you start craving things and, and desiring things that aren't according to the word of God and try to bring the word of God in, into these things to try to get him to change his mind and say it's okay, it's not okay. It's not okay. And unfortunately, we live in a time which is very sad where we have Bruce Jenner, who our wonderful dear president has said is a hero, but he won't say that, a, that, a, that our officers and our servicemen and, and are heroes, but he, he will say that Bruce Jenner is a hero. We have a big problem. That is not a hero. And that does not line up with the word of God. And we need to realize that this is, this is a thing that's going on this, in this time that we live. I had to really 
search, search the scripture and I couldn't wrap my brain around it until the Lord started talking to me about this has to do with satanic worship and Baal and cutting themselves. And he said, go there and start studying that. Read it. Very interesting what's going on. And so a person has to desire to quit serving these thoughts and these things that they, that they hunger and thirst after. How? How do, how do you stop? You know, people say, you know, that's easier than said than done, but how do I stop? By allowing them to consume your thought life. You can only stop this when you come to this decision that I am not going to allow these things that do not align up with the word to consume my thought life. It can be anything. It can be. That's right. We do. We have authority over our thoughts. We need to realize this. God has given us power and authority. If you're a born again believer, then you already have the power and authority. And this is the thing that most Christians don't realize. I mean, many people are stuck. I mean, I've counseled so many people that are stuck at a certain place in their life and they refuse to let go of the bitterness, resentment, fear, whatever that is holding on to them. They refuse to renew their mind. They refuse it. And I will tell you, sooner or later, that thing will take over a person. Okay? So we need to quit serving them by allowing them to consume our thoughts by casting down every imagination and reasoning and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ the Word. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word is God. And so it's the Word, as we learned in Psalms 107, 19 and 20, he sent his word and healed you and delivered you of all destruction. But if you want to stay in that destruction, he will not force you. He can, it can become real miserable, like you could be in a big fish and be thrown up on the beach. I mean, think about this. Things are happening in these times. God cares about the person. And if, if they're a believer... He will do everything he can. But if that believer still resists God and his word, then they are not going to get delivered. Even though you're delivered, the word has already set you free. This is where we need to renew our mind by the water of the washing of the word. Hallelujah. So remember, you're not alone. You have God's word, his thoughts, his word. His word is his thoughts. His word are his thoughts, okay? So you need to get in the word and see what he says about things. Amen? The Holy Spirit is sent to strengthen you. You know, Jesus said, I go away, but I am going to, I go away to prepare a place for you, but I am sending another comforter it can be everywhere all the time. Thank God. And it says, quench not the Holy Ghost. 
Well, how do we quench the Holy Spirit when we say things or do things that are not pleasing to Him? You know, the Holy Spirit is very sensitive and very tender. And we have to be so, how's the word I want to explain it? We have to truly realize the Holy Spirit is in us and that He is sensitive in us and He wants to literally come out of us and be in us as Jesus was to the world through us. And so He's very sensitive and don't hurt Him. When we go against the Word of God, it hurts Him. Amen? So, we have to allow, remember you're not alone. You have the Word, God's thoughts, the Holy Spirit to strengthen you. Two, get around people who are fill, full of faith and stay around them who are full of faith. You'll find that if you, if you have gone through a situation or a circumstance and then you start to go back to your old ways, which I call Egypt, all of a sudden you'll start to think ways that you used to think and, and symptoms might come on your body or whatever. This is why you're in a place that God does not want you to be. Back away. Run. Run. Run from it. Amen? Some people have been so far out in the world, once they've come to know Christ and then they get far out in the world again, that God will probably say to them, don't go back around that. And I'm going to show this in a minute. So when we get around people who are full of faith, listen to them. Don't talk. Don't try to share everything you know. Watch how they act. Watch what they see. Watch how they live. How do they live in their homes? What do they do in their homes? What's different about them? Number three, praise God. A lot of people do not spend the time praising God that they need to, and so they don't have the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. If we don't praise God, we're not going to have the joy of the Lord, for the joy of the Lord is our strength, and we find ourselves pretty miserable inside. And when, if anybody starts to ask you what is wrong with you or you've changed, take heed. Don't get upset. Ask them. Have the guts to ask them, in what way have I changed? And he'll tell you, they'll tell you. If they care about you, they'll tell you. Always remember, you are influencing someone. Your life is influencing someone. How you act is influencing someone. You know, it's, we re, when we get to realizing that, there'll be some things that we change. So, number three, praise God. And let's turn to Psalms a minute. The very last two. Psalms 149 and 150. Praise ye the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song and praise and pr his praise in the congregation of saints. 
Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name in the dance. Let them sing praises unto him with the timbrel and harp. For the, pe for the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. For he will beautify the meek with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouths and a two-edged sword in their hand, which is the word of God, to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute upon the, them the judgment written, this honor we have, this honor have all his saints praise the Lord. Well, when a person quits praising, when they quit rejoicing, they lose their joy. And the enemy does not like praise. Remember when it talks about in Second Corinthians or Second yeah, Chronicles chapter 20, God told them to set out the praisers before them and for them to go out and praise the Lord. And the minute they did, God set ambushments against the enemy. So when you stop praising God, when you quit worshiping and praising and exalting him, then the enemy sees this and he says, boy, I've got them. I can cause them to stumble and they won't even know it. They won't even realize it. It says in 50, 150, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the heavens of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to the abundance of his greatness. Praise him with the trumpet. Praise him with the flute and harp. Praise him with the tambourine and dance. Praise him with stringed and wind instruments or flutes. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Praise him with loud crashing cymbals. Let everything that hath breath and every breath of life praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we need to praise God. We need to get excited for God. You know, some people have lost their first love, their joy. Remember, the world is undisciplined. It's very undisciplined. <laughs> Ask John if you want to, how undisciplined. He's with them all the time. And it's getting worse and worse and worse. We be need to become disciplined people. And how do you start that with your time? with your time. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5 is talking about three things. Let's read it again. If you get this, if you understand this, if you become a doer of the word, you and I become a doer of the word in this, things will change supernaturally in your life. They have to. Because everything in our life goes from our spirit man and then into our thought life unless we are being led of the Holy Ghost and it just a lot of things that God will have me say I don't even think about it when I'm up here the Lord just starts talking to me and I just speak what he tells me to say and he gives me scripture that I didn't even know that was there and the place and, and whatever so let's look at this again um, Number one is thought. It says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, 
bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Every thought needs to obey the word of God. If it doesn't, then it's not a thought from God. You know, let's put it mildly. Jesus said, I came to give life more and life more abundantly, but it says the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So as baby Christians or Christians that have not grown up the way they should, they don't realize that there's two thoughts, kill, steal, and destroy the enemy, and life and life more abundantly the Lord. And that's how you need to measure. You need your measuring stick here. I was listening to Brother Hagen this week on how to be led by the Spirit. He has how to be led by the Spirit 1 and 2 on YouTube. You can just get it. It's free. You listen to it. It's a must. You need to hear it and learn how to be led by the Spirit. So the first thing is thought. The action or process of thinking. Serious consideration. Serious consideration. When a thought hits your mind, do you begin to think on it? You know, and usually the enemy hits you with old thoughts or old things that you've involved yourself into. Let it go. Take it captive. Take it to Jesus. And then place the word of God in there instead of it. Serious consideration, it starts with the process of thinking, and then you get into, into serious consideration. Hmm. What really hurt, you know, the enemy will say, oh, just one time's not going to hurt. Or you can, you can stand on 1 John 1, 9. Well, as we saw in the sermon last week from Pastor, you can confess your sin, but if you don't repent from it, then it'll keep coming back. It's like, an, you know, if you feed a cat, a cat comes in your yard and you start feeding it, it's yours. You own it. Although there are some cats that stray from house to house that are feeding them, but if you feed it, it's yours. Be, we've done that many times. Two, imagination. The act or power of forming a mental image of something not present to the senses or never wholly perceived in reality. So you start thinking about it and you form a mental image of it. All of us, if you get to the point where you're forming a mental image of it, you're in trouble. Because if you don't take that thought captive and take it to the Word of God and study the Word of God, because once you've got that mental image in your mind, then that image, it won't just be a thought anymore, it will become an image in your mind for you to imagine and desire. And that, all of a sudden, that thing becomes stronger than the Word of God, okay? An image of something not present to the senses or never wholly perceived in reality. So you start to daydream about it. You know, nobody just in marriage just run, decides, well, I'm just going to go out and commit adultery. They have to start having a mental image of it. 
and then thinking about, well, my wife or my husband doesn't treat me like that. Trust me, I've counseled for years and I've heard everything. And this is the way it starts. They form a mental image. If it's drugs, if it's bitterness, if it's whatever, they have, uh, you or I have to form a mental image of it. We have to allow ourselves to form an image. Once we've done that, that image is there and it's harder to get rid of than just the thought. Okay, do you understand where I'm coming from here? So, number three, a stronghold. Then it becomes a stronghold. Let's look at this. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought the obedience of Christ. Verse 4, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So we have to pull down these strongholds. Once it becomes a stronghold, it's a fortified place or a fortress in your mind. If you think on a thought too much or meditate on one thing or another, let's take one thing, it can become a stronghold. Then it is strong in there and it, it has, a, you, you or I have given it authority. We've given it authority. We've given it the right to bring these imaginations that we can dwell on and think about. The next thing is you end up, you either end up turning to Jesus or you end up yielding yourself over to it. Once you yield yourself over to it, then it, then it becomes a mighty stronghold that needs to be cast out, okay? Our mind's gatekeeper is the Word of God. The gatekeeper to our mind is the Word of God. And you need to, you need to just realize this, this day and this hour that we have an opportunity and we have a gatekeeper, which is the, the Word of God. If we are not in the Word of God, if we do not take the Word of God with every thought that comes, which is the gatekeeper, it's the word. If we, if we allow that stronghold or that thought, let's start with the thought, if we allow that thought in there, when the word of God is trying to keep it out, but we have decide we're going to allow that thought to come in there, we allow it to become an imagination, then we allow it to become a stronghold it's gotten into the gate and it's going wild. We all heard the tape Affabel and you saw or you heard how people's lives just went from one degree to another, from one degree to another, okay? <clears throat> if you're around mental health people very long, you understand if you can go back and you can talk to their family or, or if they're capable of telling you, 
you'll find out that there was a place that this thing took place. There was a date and a time when this thing took place and they allowed it in. And then it's up to us to take the Word of God and show them the Word of God and teach and train them the Word of God so they can be free of it. So the love of God, the, strong, the gatekeeper is the word and love of God, the thoughts of God. As a gatekeeper, let's, t let's turn to 4.8. We need to live according to Philippians 4.8 and allow ourselves. This is, this, is, this is the gate you don't get past here. And so if we do not live according to Philippians, we allow things to get through, okay? But if we, are, if we have that barrier, that gatekeeper, if, if in other words, it's the door, if, if you have so decided and made up your mind that these things are not going to get past the Word of God, then they won't. Because you will be so I can see it and I'm gonna explain it how I see it. Here you have the gatekeeper and we all have that because we're Christians and God is and the word is our gatekeeper. When we learn Philippians four and we stand on it, we become solid. And these things will have a hard time getting through there unless we allow them. You know, until we come to this place where we operate and live in these scriptures, there can be open doors that we, that we keep open or allow to open up or whatever. We have to be very careful, very careful. You say, well, do I need to be in fear? No, God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. But we all know what areas in our lives we become susceptible. I can't even think of the word. Uh, susceptive in or whatever. You understand what I'm saying. That, that if we don't stop this thing right now, it can't get past the gate. It can't get past the door. It can't get into the door. Like we have a pool. We lock our gate when we leave. They have to climb over the fence, whatever, but that gate is locked so they cannot get in the pool, okay? Why? Because I don't want people in my pool when I'm not home. And a lot of little kids in our neighborhood. So let's look at this. I hope you're under, are you getting what I'm saying? I hope so because we're in the times when a lot of people are operating in fear and we can't allow it. Jesus said, my peace I leave with you not as the world lives, but my peace. I've not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So I've given you a, the word and instruction how to keep that mind sound. Glory to God. So let's look at verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Notice, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So, I see here that people that are not grateful and not thankful already have an open gate, okay? 
It says, do not fret or have anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything by prayer and petition, definite requests and thanksgiving continue to make your wants known to God. And the peace shall be yours. He promises this. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So, the peace of God, which passes all understanding. So, God's peace passes all understanding. So, if you're not in peace, then you need to go back and find out why I'm not in peace. What is causing me to lose my peace? Or what has caused me to lose my peace? Okay. Shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, verse 8. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. So I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. And God's peace shall be yours, that tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God and being content with this earthly lot of whatsoever sort that is, that peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So this is the gate. This is the garrison. This is, this is the protection that it says here shall mount guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Notice he says your minds. For the rest, brethren, whatever is true, whatever, whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemingly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh and take an account of these things. Fix your minds on them. Fix your minds on them. Well, maybe you're in a situation where you have allowed yourself to, um, number one, allowed your thoughts to become invaded with a certain thing. And this is the beginning process. It's the thinking process. You've, you've instead of taking this thought immediately captive, taking it to the Word of God and using the Word of God on this thought, you've allowed it to slip by and you think, well, it's not going to hurt. Little thing. Or you just, you, you kind of, some people just come to the place where they just become whatever, whatever, whatever happens. You know, that's a dangerous spot. The next thing that happens 
If they don't take that thought captive, then they begin to imagine, what is this going to be like? What will this be like? Then you are, my friends, then we're in serious trouble. It's telling you. Serious trouble. Because it's the act or power of forming a mental image of something not present to the senses or never wholly perceived in reality. You begin to daydream and think about it and what would that feel like or what, you know, then you get into the sense room. How would that taste? How would that smell? How, what would that feel like to touch it? What's it like to listen to this? Missed one. You guys figure it out. And there's five physical senses. Then it becomes a stronghold, a stronghold. You're bound to it. It's bound to you and you're bound to it. You've got to, you've got to get healing and deliverance. Take the word of God and don't go back. If Philippians 4.8 <laughs> is what you stand on. 7 and 8. And take every thought and bring it before this. And every every thought and every um, imagination and every stronghold line it up with what the word of God says does this line up with what this word says here has it made you lose your peace it is, has it caused those that love you to be concerned then you need to take heed immediately so when that image of whatever he has a stronghold on you, comes into your mind. We say, does that pass the gatekeeper's thoughts in Philippians 4.8? If not, I immediately throw it down. Immediately. Does this pass the gatekeeper's thoughts, the Lord's thoughts, in Philippians 4.8? You don't pass it. So you're, you're out. You're out of my mind. I'm not letting you in. Trust me, this will work. Believe me, this will work. But some people don't want it to work because they enjoy where their mind's going. Well, my mind's running around here and nobody knows. I can put on a show. God knows. He knows our thoughts. So I refuse to think on that thought. You must first submit yourself to the Lord. You break the stronghold. You know, the Bible talked to Joshua and said, let's turn there in Joshua 1.8. You've heard it enough, but we're going to go there. He had a big responsibility on him. He had to take over Moses' place. And thank God he had prepared himself to take over Moses' place. He was prepared. He was ready to take over that spot. I'll be honest with you. Laurel's one of the people on our board. She is instructed if Pastor and I were to die, say something happened to us, she is instructed on what she's to do to get someone in here to take over this church. 
Okay. Why? Because I trust her. A lot of people might not have known that, Laurel, sorry. The deep, dark secret is out. No, just kidding. But she's instructed what to do. And I trust her. I trust that she would bring someone in here that would be better than us, that would bring you to a, to a higher and greater level than we can. That would be our desire. Hallelujah. So, let's look at Joshua. Here he is. After the death of Moses, Joshua 1. The servant of the Lord. The Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' minister, Moses, my servant, is dead. Because God had buried him. Now, arise, take his place, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land which I am giving to them, the Israelites. Every place upon which the sole of your foot shall tread that have I given to you as I promised Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon to the great river Euphrates and all the land of Hittites, Canaan, to the great Mediterranean Sea on the west shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong, confident, and of good courage. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land which I swore their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may do according to all that the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law or the word shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will deal wisely and have good success. He was to meditate on the word day and night. He had no place. He was not to, to open his mind up to anything else but the word of God. God is telling us that we'll be in the rapture to do this right now. This is the time, church. People have gotten away with a lot before, but it's right now. There's no time to play around with God in this hour. None. Zip. None. And he goes on to say, have I not commanded you be strong, vigorous, and very courageous? Be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Hallelujah. So he knew he had the gatekeeper or the, what did I call it? The, yeah, the gatekeeper. The gatekeeper was for him, and he, this, he's telling us to us to keep your mind on God, meditate on his word day and night. Then you will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. 
If people are wondering why they're not prosperous and not having good success, it's because you have not kept your mind day and night and meditated on the Word of God. It's nobody's fault because God clearly tells him, then you shall deal wisely and you will have good success. He said, you do this and this is what's going to happen to you. We can't deny it. So, refuse to think on these things other than what the Word of God says. We need to cast down everything. You need to starve those thoughts. Amen? You need to deal with, you need to starve those strongholds. You know, sometimes it takes fasting and prayer, I'll be very honest with you, to get rid of some things. You know, I asked pastor last night, I said, when are you going to call a fast again? Because we certainly need one. Romans 12, you say fast and people, oh no. You know, we should say fast and rejoice. Amen. If it's going to get rid of junk, we want it. If it'll separate yourself from the, wor from the world, then you want it. Whatever is going to separate you from the world, you want it. Amen. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I appeal to you, brethren, and beg of you, in view of all the mercies of God, to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, this age fashioned after and adapted to its external, superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind by its new ideas and its new attitude. You know, I shared earlier the attitude of all of us, probably, um, is I don't like this weather, I don't like this humidity, and I'm tired of it. And everywhere you go, people are talking about how horrible this is. And I will be honest with you, I was included in that, and the Lord dealt with me. And you want it to rain? Then confess the scripture I gave to you and be quiet. So it says, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. Do you want what's good and acceptable and perfect for yourselves? I do. I do. So, in 2 Corinthians 2.14, and I'm almost done, honey, if you want to get your... I hope this has helped all of us. It has me a lot. Because if you don't, if you leave here today and you don't know how to cast down imaginations and reasonings, then call me. It's, once you get to the stronghold thing, it's going to be hard and you might need help. Just telling you. And I will stay on it until 
you, it breaks off of you. I will help you. I don't care if it takes all day and all night. Second Corinthians 2.14 But thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumph. Always causes us to triumph in Christ. Make manifest the Savior the savor of his knowledge by us in every place, every situation, every place. For we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ. In them they are saved and in them that perish. Glory to God. Do you know how special you are to God? Have you ever thought about how special you are? He sent his, he sent his son. He sent part of the deity to die for us. That's special. When we decide we're going to be ungrateful. We need to really think about what Jesus did for us. Seriously. I'm going to give you a few scriptures in destroying the works of the flesh. One is Psalms 1, 1 through 3. And I, I'm going to tell you, the devil will try to tell you, you know what, it's okay to start um, hanging around them now. You're, you're, you're okay. You've, you've become strong. If you hang around with people and you start having any type of problem, then you're not strong enough. It's not worth it. There are things in my life that early on in my Christian life that God said, you want to grow in me, you want to become what I want you to be, then you're going to have to cut these friends out and get rid of a person, places, and things out of my life. And he said, make it permanent. Don't go back there. So Psalms, verse, uh, chapter 1, I'm in 100 for some wild reason. One, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, their plans and purposes, nor stands submissive and inactive. Notice it says inactive. In the path where sinners walk. What do I think about when I think of standing submissive and inactive where the sinners walk? For me, that would be to not say something when I know that it's wrong. That would be for me to just hold back and not come up and say what I know the Word of God says. Especially if they're Christians that know better. It would be wrong of me not to say what the Word says. I know, I've lost friends because of it, but I really don't care. More important that, that someone gets to heaven than, any, than whatever. Um, nor sits down to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. We can't sit down and rest with these people. You know, I'm just going to take a little break here and rest and relax. You get all this garbage fed into you. How many understand this? But his delight and desire is in the law of the Lord or the word of the Lord and in his law word, the precepts and instructions and teachings of God he habitually meditates, ponders, and studies by day and night. There it is again. And he, will, he shall be like a tree firmly planted 
intended by the streams of water ready to bring fruit in its season. Its leaves shall not fade or wither and everything he does shall prosper and come to maturity. Do you want everything you do to prosper and come to maturity? I certainly do. If not, take me out of this, out of this world, Lord. <laughs> Amen. You know, just get me out of here. I'm ready. Psalms 35:27. You got out real early last week. That was a miracle. Let those who, fav who favor my righteous cause and have pleasure in my uprightness shout for joy. Somebody needs to shout and be glad and say continually, let the Lord be magnified who takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. I mean, if you're thinking this way, then you're not going to be thinking about things that are going to literally pull you down and pull you away from God who continually say, let the Lord be magnified. Let the Lord be magnified. Not this weather, but let the Lord be magnified. I think one of the reasons we're in this is because everybody's confessing it. Personally, there's several things, but that's okay. And then Psalms 118.17, and then you come on up, baby. What a perfect day to have communion, right? You've got any of this stuff? Lay it on the communion table if you need healing for anything. Have pastor when he prays over you. Tell him and receive your manifestation of your healing during communion. Psalms 118, 17. Deal bountifully with thy servant that I may live and keep your word. Deal with me so I will live and keep your word. You want the gatekeeper. You don't want anything getting past there. Amen? So I will live. You need to learn this scripture and confess it every morning. You know the attitude you wake up in the morning will try to stay with you all day the truth verse 24 this is the day which the Lord hath um, brought about I will rejoice and be glad in it this is the day the Lord has made I will rejoice and be glad in this day no matter what I will rejoice and be glad in it praise God honey pardon 17 I shall not die but live and declare the works of God. Did I miss the one I was supposed to do? <laughs> well, I guess we needed to hear the other one. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Where did I go? I don't either. I went down to verse 24. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Hey, it's a lot more fun to rejoice and be glad than to be miserable. <laughs> miserable. 
There's nothing worse than a Christian that has no joy. I'm going to tell you that. Just You want to turn people off? Please don't tell them you're a Christian. If you're, if you're not going to be joyful in the king. All right, baby. You want my mic? You're probably going to need it. Pardon? Okay. You expounded on it uh, a little bit differently. Kind of opened up a, another avenue. Amen? At least for me. I don't know about you. Okay. Um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul speaks of... Uh, In verse 23, he says, I have received the Lord that which I also deliver unto you, that the, the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do, do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, he also took the cup, and when he had stopped saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, this do ye off as you drink it in remembrance of me. Uh, the key words there is remembrance of me. Um, anybody know what's going to happen Tuesday? Okay, Monday evening at sundown. Rosh Hashanah. The Jewish New Year. You remember what, what happened on the new Jewish New Year? Or what, what they, the Jews were doing the last 30 days up to New Year's? Oh, boy. You have to go over that again. Well, they, they were thinking about what, what's taking place. All, all the bad things they did or the things that they could not accomplish this past year, they were repenting about it. And then on Rosh Hashanah, it begins the new year. They were able to rejoice because God is now opening the doors for a greater ble blessings upon them. And of course, five days later is Yom Kippur. And that's that's the day that the, that the Jews all uh, fast, because that's the day of atonement. Of course, our day of atonement is every day. Uh, the blood moon be the I think it's the twenty first, but it won't. We won't be able to see it here. I was hoping we could see it. It's going to be mainly in the far east over Israel. It's kind of opening up there as another. Thing and it's supposed to be also a super moon, so it's going to be a I don't know if it's supposed to be a super moon this 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 month also. It's, it means a huge. It looks like it's large. So Israel and that portion of the country are seeing a sign and wonder, and uh, they are also well, of course you know the the Iranian deal, missile deal, or a nuclear deal is passed by our... Anyway, but going back, going back to this, do this in remembrance of me. 
the, the, all the Jewish feasts are to be remembered. Even by Christians, because we have been engrafted into something. That means if you're engrafted into something, it becomes a, you become a part of it. And that, that's where we as Christians have lost it because we don't understand some of the Jewish roots that we have through the Lord Jesus Christ and the blessings that come upon us through being engrafted into the, that body. Okay, glory to God. Maybe we'll, we'll catch up on that, some of that stuff. Good refresher course, maybe, a real quick one. Okay, if I can have my able assistance.